So we are back for episode two of Hanging with the Pack, and uh, Sean, our our lead gunner and guru on the AHL, uh, takes you through uh, the weekend that was for the AHL and the Hartford Wolfpack, the minor league affiliate of the New York Rangers, um, who have two games, uh, almost finished for like the first time undefeated through their opening weekends in a while. Um, they did fall in one of their weekend their their game yesterday. I believe I was in overtime, right? Uh, there, yeah, it was in overtime. Yeah. So, um, so here we go. So, you know, obviously, in these episodes, so part of part of Faceoff Hockey Network, one of our newer our newest show, um, Sean breaks down uh, the weekend that was some odds and ends, some important things to note, and of course, a watch at some of the most important prospects. Uh, in in the system with Hartford right now, obviously Philip Heedle and Vitali Kraftsoff. Um, so without further ado, the uh, stud man himself, Sean Taggart. Yeah, so uh, like uh, Chris mentioned, it was a uh, very um, another I would say good weekend for the Wolfpack. There was a lot of positives to you know put into play. Let's start with their win Saturday against the Springfield Thunderbirds. I mean, obviously, um, Igor Shashirkin was in goal again for um, Hartford, and he looked fan-fucking-tastic. Um, I really liked what I saw from Igor. He really didn't see a lot d- between in the first two periods. I mean, you know, Hartford really dominated play. They really focused on uh, the play in the Thunderbirds end, and I mean, you know, you look at what they did. They really drove the play home. They really focused on that end. Um, and Igor really, through two periods, only faced like seven or eight shots. It wasn't really a whole hell of a lot. I mean, he he looked good, don't get me wrong, but there was like times where he was just, you know, not seeing a lot of shots. And um, during uh, the pre-game of Sunday's game, uh, Coach Chris Knobloch mentioned, you know, in regards to that, you know, sometimes goalies just lose track of the game and lose the emphasis of how important the game was. That wasn't the case with uh, Igor Shashirkin, um, who really focused on and really drove the point home. I mean, the game started quickly with a goal by Jonathan Ang of uh, the Springfield Thunderbirds, but Nick Jones answered back late in the uh, the frame in the first period. Really, the fourth line was playing really well. Um, all lines were playing really well. Uh, you know, Vitaly Kraftsoff was back in the lineup on a third line with Matt Bolesky and Bu Nieves. Um, the, uh, what we considered the third line last weekend was now the first line with uh, Daniel Regan, Philip Heedle, and Phil DiGiuseppe. Uh, DiGiuseppe got his first of the season. Heedle got his uh, third assist of the season in the second period. I do like what I see out of that line. They're playing really well with another. They they mesh. They gel well with one another. 
everyone really knows where everyone is, and Hedl is good at facilitating, which is something as a center you want to be, right? You want to make sure you're facilitating and you're in the areas that you need to be at any given time because you don't know what's going to happen. Hedl is one of those guys where if he's firing on all cylinders, he's a very dangerous player and he's a very dangerous uh, impact of the game. Once again, he was drawing penalties. Once again, he was, you know, producing shots. He was facilitating, making plays happen, making, you know, chances for goals. He'd almost had a chance at the goal late in the, uh, um, early in the third period that was stopped away. And I mean, you know, he was all over the ice playing really well. On the other side of the coin, Vitaly Kravtsov once again struggled. And I made a tweet on Hanging Pack. You can follow me there when I cover the Hartford Wolfpack games once again. That's at Hanging Pack, where Kravtsov looked a little bit lost. I mean, he was getting bumped off the puck. He didn't look engaged. He didn't really look ready to um, play this game. And, you know, that was a cause of concern. And honestly, when I was talking about this, I was under the impression that, you know what? This is something that I felt could have been scary. This could have been another chance where, you know, Kraftsoff saw some time upstairs, really wasn't going to be focusing that much and doing as much as what we expect him to do night in and night out, which is dominate in the uh, AHL level. Listen, and Chris, I don't know if you want to chime in on this as well. It's... Sometimes it's hard for a player who's not used to the culture over here, certain aspects of over here to really, you know, come accustomed to the game. You can say what you want about, you know, Vitaly Krasov. There's been rumors that he's been, you know, not the easiest guy to get along with because of how the team is treating him and so on and so forth. And they're not really putting him at a really in his eyes a place to really develop but you have to and you know one thing the rangers are doing is the rangers are making everyone earn their play Um, no one's getting you know handed anything based on what they did in the past it's about what you can do for me lately and what you can do for me now and right now looking at it and um chris i know we talked a little bit earlier i don't know how much you really watched maybe you watched a little bit of this first game but it's really hard for you to go and say, you know, oh, Vitaly Kraftstuff earns that first uh, role line, line role um, after seeing how he plays. Yeah, and, and something interesting that I've seen is, and, and um, Igor Aronko, um, who I think Ranger fans have really come to follow, especially with, you know, the Shostorkin and Kratsov developments and stuff. Um, he, he, posed, he put up an interesting tweet Um I believe this was yesterday where Kratsov is the guy who produces and produces when the coach believes in him. When it's not a thing, Vitaly usually just can't find himself up. I I don't know I don't know if that's a dig at the coaching or if that's a dig at, at Vitaly. Um because then there's also reports that have been coming out, and I know none of these are necessarily confirmed, but the fact that he's basically kicking and screaming was one of the quotes that I saw. Um, that he doesn't want to be in Hartford um, and that it's, you know, he's learning the ropes, but it's not exactly um, where he wanted to be. And he had an outstanding preseason and was great or good, at least in Traverse City. Um, and that he really should be up with the Rangers and really doesn't need to do his time. Um, and, and like you said, that's not going to work in the pros. That's not going to work in the NHL. Maybe that works in the KHL. 
It's not going to work. You don't just have things handed to you. We've seen that in plenty of times. Unless you are so damn good and you are a McDavid or, uh, you know, any of the elite elites, um, I don't I don't see where where that necessarily fits. Um, so I'm kind of curious. Again, it's it's so early in the season. I you know I'm kind of I'm kind of curious to see how this all plays out. But to me, if if he's having a hard time getting up, I mean, to me, if if I were in that situation, I'd be pissed off that I'm in Hartford. Mm-hmm. But I would be busting my ass as hard as I can to make it impossible for them to keep me down. Right. And, you know, and he's not doing that. One thing I'm also wondering, too, is, you know, you look at how often the KHL plays and they're almost like almost like NHL level of how often they play. And you compare it to how often you play in the AHL, which is mainly on weekends, mainly yeah, that back Friday, Saturday, Sunday, back to back triples. I mean, I, yeah. think they, I think each team plays at least a couple of triples. But it's hard. Don't get me wrong. It's hard. But when you, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, now there's people coming out saying that he's going to opt out for the European clause and he's going to go back. I mean, that that would be crazy. That would I mean, be, there's but... a lot of there's a lot of smoke. I will say there's a lot of smoke right now. Um, and a lot of times, sometimes when there's smoke, there's fire. There is. And I. Uh, and you know one one thing to point back on to Kraftsoft as well is like once again he started out fine and I mean it, you know the one thing that I want to point out zone, him entering a zone and him stick handling with the puck he's fantastic I've you know it's it's fun watching him play I think he's very I'm not gonna say Datsukian like but you know he comes close to that level of being a magician when he has the puck but right. the thing is it's easy for him to get bumped off the puck. It's easy for him to, you know, lose track of the play and just stop in the play. His defensive zone coverage is abysmal. It's embarrassing to watch him play in his own end because it doesn't he doesn't put the effort. And that's what we saw in game one against Charlotte, and this is what we saw in game three against um the Thunderbirds. And honestly, and I tweeted this out um at the end of the game that it wouldn't have surprised me seeing him benched because the effort wasn't there and you're expecting him to be above the rest. You're not expecting him to play like a Bunieves or you're not expecting him to play like a Danny O'Regan night in and night out. You're expecting him to even play better than Philip Heedle night in and night out. And right now, you know, whatever the reason may be, he has the opportunity to really clean his act up and get a little bit better. And one thing before we move on to the second game, you know, a little preview, he kind of did. Um, but is it enough? Is it enough for him to realize, to get his head straight, to be a little bit more mature about his game? And right now he's showing that, you know, he's not really that mature. And you know what? At 18, 19 years old, it's hard to be mature, but you're in a league where you're playing with men. You're in a league where being a professional is something that you have to do 100% of the time. So if you weren't expecting this, then why did you come over yet right now? That's the thing, you know, and I want to be careful how I'm wording this because I don't want to come off as me being a craft stuff hater. And I know maybe I have been, uh, maybe I've coming off this way, but your first round pick, you're, ex- you're expected to be better than what we've been seeing is all I'm going to say about that. Um, 
one thing uh, they did touch about his scratch uh, during the game against Bridgeport last Sunday. Uh, assistant coach Dave kind of said that, you know, there's no soft ice here. You have to work and play hard around it. And he just wasn't doing that enough. We're hoping that he plays hard. And you know what? Why are we yelling at this team, this franchise and this, you know, front office for benching him if he wasn't playing hard? You know, this should be a wake up call for him. And I hope it is. And, you know, like I said, the second game happened and, you know, he played a little bit better. The The final 12 minutes of this first game against the Thunderbirds, he was on, he was glued to the bench again. Um, which is not really what you want to see, but at the same time, too, what else are you s- supposed to see and expect from him if he's really not producing at what you expect him to produce? You know what I mean? I guess my big, my guess, my big question is how much how much top line minutes has he gotten? He hasn't. I mean, he started out uh, week one, which was considered their third line with Hedo and Giuseppe. Then. He was scratched. Oh, he didn't play the final. Right, he didn't play. He didn't play the next twenty-two play, minutes of. Uh, and then he didn't play Sunday, right? He didn't play Sunday. He didn't play the final twenty-two minutes of the game in uh, against Charlotte uh, last right. Saturday, um, and then he was put on what I consider their third line with Bu Nieves and Matt Bolesky now. I so guess. That's, had... I guess my thing is. Mm-hmm. I guess my thing is. I would. I kind of want to see him on that top line, and it's either sink or swim. Right. I mean, the AHL is all about the development, and if it's not, if he's not able to to get it, then then how could you be kicking and screaming if you're getting the opportunity and you're and you're not able to perform? Yeah, and I mean that's something that I think Chris Knobloch and you know that Igor quote that you shared. Uh, I think that's something that the coaching staff has to really give themselves a hard look at and really realize that if you don't do this now, we they may lose him for at least this season or if not more. I mean, you look at it this way. A lot of Russian kids that come in the NHL that don't get their fair share do not want to come back to the NHL. They take that opt-out clause and they stay in the KHL. I mean, you look at what happened in uh, Vegas. You look, and I mean, that's just yeah, right. one of the yeah. most recent yeah, ones. Gusev, yeah, I mean, it's not uncommon. No, and like I said, that's one of the most recent ones. Even their inaugural season too. You know, they weren't going to give him give the opportunity to Shepeshev, and he went back uh, to. Uh, Russia and really not con- and really put in some negative light into the NHL for some of the players that were considering to go over there on the team and you know what at the end of the day that's on the players to make that final decision but when you have somebody who's vehemently against the NHL and really against the development over there and you thinks that you'll be better off staying in Russia well you know you take that risk and you yeah. so not Nine times out of ten, you're going to see a Russian kid stay over in the NHL once he makes it over there. But there's still that one out of ten chance that, you know, things aren't working out to the way that he pictured or envisioned. And in his eyes, it's burning him. It's hurting his development, so he doesn't want to be there. Um, But I mean, like, you know, I could talk about this till I'm blue in the face. And I mean, this is a very strong problem that the Rangers have to fix and, you know, I don't know if it's time for, you know, Gorton and Davidson to step in yet because I don't think they're at that level yet. But Chris Jury, who's their GM down in Hartford, has to be paying more of a closer attention 
to what Knobloch's doing. And listen, is Knobloch doing anything that any other coach would do? I don't think he's doing anything different, but you have to, unfortunately, with the way and the prospect type that, you know, Kraftsoff is, he's going to be treated with kid gloves a little bit more. He's going to be treated with the white glove treatment a little bit more because he is one of their highly touted prospects and they don't want to fuck it up. Yeah, they can't. This would be a disaster if they did. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, going back to that game, uh, Heedle got his first of the season after, on an empty net goal and really gave them the 3-1 to one lead. Another thing to talk about, you know, Shishuorkin did get his, you know, um, 11 shots face in the third period, so he was a little bit more active there. He made 17 saves out of 18 shots. Uh, he looked very well. I mean, he's here's a guy that's doing well. He's playing strong. He's doing all the right things. He's tracking the puck while his movements are very sleek and f- very fresh. I don't know if you watched any of that game, uh, but I did like what I saw from Shashurkin again. I, you know, I thought he was very well. I thought he did a very good job um, playing and keeping Hartford in it when, you know, the Thunderbirds in the third period were trying to make mount a comeback. Just wasn't enough, and Sheshyorkin really was able to stop all the uh, shot attempts that came his way. So we jump into yesterday, um, Sunday's game, uh, the 3-2 overtime loss to the Rochester Americans, their first of two uh, visit uh, two games against the two teams this season. Um, you know, a couple of things to uh, point out here. Uh, Nick Ebert was in instead of... Uh, Joey Keane, and we'll talk about Keane's uh, performance in a little bit later. Also, making his first uh, start of the season um, was going to be um, where is he? Uh, Ryan Grop, who was in for um, Gabriel Fontaine. So there was a scratch there too. Uh, you know, one thing I want to point out again is I can't talk enough about how good Hedo's playing. He's been probably one of the better um, acquisitions that this team uh, in recent drafts has made, and he's really slowly coming into form. It's something that I feel is important to discuss about how he's developing and how he's playing. I feel, you know, with Hedl, was it surprising? I don't know. Um that he got sent down? No, it wasn't. I mean, you know, Chris and I, we watched the preseason games. We know what we saw. It wasn't enough from Heedle. He was non-existent. Exactly. Uh, he did have that final game in Bridgeport where he played really well. But other than that, I mean, he wasn't really noticeable. He was very lost. He started out as a center, and then by the time that um, the preseason was over a week old, he moved over to the wing, so we knew that experiment was over. And if they honestly felt like Hedo was supposed to be a center, they needed to send him down to um, Hartford. And they're doing that. And I'm very glad that they're treating him as a center down there because, like I said, there was that fear. Um, But one thing to also note, too, is the play of Adam Huska, who, as I said last week against uh, Bridgeport, didn't really have his strongest game. But I felt... With this one, he was playing a little bit better. You know, maybe he got the first real true game jitters out of his system. But overall, he played very well. He was tracking the puck better. He looked good. He was making the right moves. I mean, it really, you know, at the end of two, they were up 2 nothing. Philip Heedle got his second assisted by Danny O'Regan. 
Uh, Hito and O'Regan are tied with the team league for five points apiece. And Bunievi's got his first assisted by Vitaly Kravstov and Matt Bolesky. I'm saying that this hopefully is something that we see going forward and we're seeing more of a positive impact from uh, Mr. Uh, Kravstov because, you know what? He looked very good. He played really well. Um, he played throughout um, all three periods. He was there at like near the end of the game right there, you know, really driving and forcing, you know, the plays and stuff like that. One thing I will say, I did see a lot of tweets about uh, Kravtsov not making some time on the three-on-three um, and also the shootout. While I will agree that he should have been out in the shootout, possibly over Letary and even over, De- definitely over Di Giuseppe, he's still considered a defensive liability. You do not want him out there during a three-on-three overtime. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, you can say, oh, this hurts his development, blah, 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 blah. He's not ready to be held responsible for a three-on-three overtime. That will happen. We'll see that over time. It's just not right now. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I did feel, you know, this was a game where Hartford really um, took off, uh, put on the brakes and didn't really try in the third period. They had the two-goal lead, and they felt that was enough. Um, Hartford did um, put on the, put it up a little bit harder as the uh, game got near the end. But, I mean, they had a tired bunch out there, and Zach Redmond scored the tying goal with uh, 12.6 seconds left to force the game to overtime, which was... Another fun and exciting overtime. 3-on-3 overtime in the AHL is a lot more fun than 3-on-3 in the NHL. I will tell you that. You think so? I think so because... Well, it's a little bit more like... I noticed that it's a little bit more run and gun. Yeah, and I like the run and, run and gun a little bit more. I mean, you know... Unless you're Clayton Keller and the Coyotes, you know, run and gun against the Avalanche and then you just stand still while Burakoski skates around you. Yeah, I mean, that's a different Forgot about that on the... Uh... <laughs> That's run, gun, and stand still. That's run, gun, and fall. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the, the style in the AHL, it's back and forth action. I mean, it's very fast-paced, like you mentioned, run and gun, and I think that's more enjoyable for the AHL level. I understand in the NHL level why it's not con- that type of style, but it is fun to watch um, in the AHL. And then... The shootout, uh, Tate Thompson for the Americans was the only one to score for either team. And that really brought the 3-2 to two, uh, game uh, to the end. So the uh, Wolfpack end the second weekend 3-0-1, uh, which is tied for their best start since the 2014-2015 season, which they ended the season with 96 points and a first-round exit in the Calder Club playoffs. Um. I really think with Kraftsoff, you know, he played a lot during the sec- uh, the second game. He, like I said, he was put out there late in the third period, uh, in their own zone, in the offensive zone. Um, he stuck around with uh, Boo and Bolesky, so it's nice to see him play more of a full game. Like I said, I understand why he wasn't in any three on three opportunities, but I do want to see him in the shootout if they're going to go to that route. Um, definitely over Phil DiGiuseppe, who just did not do well um, in the shootout. You know, some other things to talk about. Joey Keane, like I said, was a healthy scratch for uh, Nick Ebert in the second game. He had a rough uh, first game. 
wasn't really, you know, as crisp or as smooth as he was during the first weekend. Um, wasn't on the score sheet. I mean, I don't think you're really looking for him to be on the score sheet every time, but you're expecting him uh, to be consistent. I think what you will see is sometimes Ebert uh, slot in for uh, Joey Keane. It wasn't really that big of a transition between Ebert and Keane. Um, so, I mean, Gerson didn't really have to do that much more than he didn't, did really with uh, Keane um, defensively on that pairing. Um, but yeah, Keen had a rough start. Uh, Ryan Lindgren is one of those guys that if you don't hear about him, um, think of him like a Dan Girardi type player. If you don't hear Dan Girardi, what we always joked um, about uh, Girardi, if you don't hear his name, that's a good thing. Right. Um, if you don't hear Ryan Lindgren's name, that's a good thing. He was on the score sheet uh, on the game against the Thunderbirds with an assist, so... I mean, with him, you're really seeing him become a very solid stay-at-home defenseman who can chip in every now and then with a point or two. Um, I will say if Lieber uh, Hayak uh, does continue, if his play does drop a little bit more, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw uh, Lindgren up as a Ranger. Um, Probably, I would say, mid-November, early December. Um, but yeah, no, I really like what I'm seeing with Lingren. I felt really bad to see him get sent down over, uh, Hayak, but I mean, honestly, he knew it was going to Lieber because of how often he was playing. No one else really had a shot to get that, uh, six and final, uh, defensive position except for Lieber. Um, I really can't talk enough about both goaltenders played ex- exceptional this weekend. Huska really seems like he was back on track making those saves, but, I really don't blame him for that game-tying goal with 12.6 seconds left on Sunday. He had a tired bunch of uh, guys out there with him um, that just couldn't clear the puck. Um, if they cleared the puck, it would have been a different story. We'd be talking about them starting 4-0-0. Uh, looked exactly as advertised, exactly what we saw out of him in Scott St. Petersburg in the KHL. I'm excited for him to continue to play and to continue to get serious reps in the uh AHL because he looks like he could be something special. I don't know if you have any thoughts on Eager's play so far, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I tell you what, the the kid looks like he's ready. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first, I think the first preseason he kind of looked a little bit shaky there, um, but it looks like he's adapted to the to the NHL ice pretty easily. Um, he's been phenomenal. I don't I don't know what much else you could say. He's pretty much. I think he's been just about as described and what we expected. I, I know the goals against and the save percentage isn't exactly what the KHL numbers are, but again, it's not the KHL. So um, I think the goaltending for the New York Rangers is in very good hands um, as long as this continues to to traject forward. Right, and, you know, it's, it's really nice to see him starting out so well. I know a lot of people were – kind of worried based on his performance in um the uh the Traverse City uh tournament and also um some of the preseason games so to look at what Igor Shashirkin has done so far and in the two games he's played he has given up four goals his goals against averages two um has stopped 43 shots out of uh 47 total attempts with a 9.15 save percentage. So it's off to a good start for him. Um, I mean, he's only going to get better as more reps he gets in, as more, um, you know, 
chances he gets. So it's good to see him. Huska is 1-0-1 with a 2-3-7 goals against and a 9-11 save percentage. So both of them are playing quite exceptional for the team. So it's nice to see that. And it's key to have two solid goaltenders because the AHL does do the 1A-1B thing quite often. Um, you don't see the goalies really getting back-to-back starts. No, you uh, don't. They want them to get equal amount of playing time. You may get them getting one or two more starts than the other. There's like a random weekend, uh, weekday game, which uh, I think Hartford has a weekday game coming up uh, near the end of this month on a Wednesday. So it's, it's you know, Hartford once again is doing a really good job at utilizing what they have. I think they need to refocus and restart a bit in regards to what they have to do with um, Kraftstoff. But you know what? It's another weekend coming up. Another uh, two back-to-back games on a Friday and Saturday. Uh, we start Friday at 7.15 with uh, them at home at the XL Center against the Springfield Thunderbirds again. And then on Saturday at 7.05, they travel to Binghamton to face the Bingham Devils. Um, and that's your next two games for the uh, Hartford Wolfpack. You can follow me, and I want to thank everyone who has followed me uh, so far at Hanging Pack. Um, there's going to be a lot more stuff going on there. I'm going to, you know, maybe dip my uh, skills into the GIF game. I know, you know, there's been people asking about GIFs and stuff like that. Um, there is somebody that does it uh, at Zach4B. Uh, Zach for Forever Blue Shirts, he does do GIFs uh, for the Hartford Wolfpack. But if, you know, we need more out there, so I'll be more than happy to, you know, try and figure out how to do it myself. Um, Ricky uh, Milner at at Milner06 is a very good follow. He's there at every game known imaginable for the Wolfpack. I know he's there for every home game. And there's a select uh, road games that he does uh, travel to. So he's another good follow. Um, but you can find out my stuff not only uh, at this podcast, at Hanging Pack for the Faceoff Hockey Network, but every Tuesday I do release a column for uh, Blue Shirts Breakaway. Uh, if you guys have any questions, you can reach me at Hanging Pack, and I will be answering your questions as they come either on the show or via tweet. We did run a poll this week, and congratulations to Philip Heedle for running away um, with uh, this week's Player of the Week with his uh, – Three-point weekend, the two goals, one assist. He came away with, I believe, 94% of the vote. Uh, Igor Chesyrkin uh, was second at 6%, and poor Danny O'Regan didn't make anything anything on this uh, little uh, poll that I ran, but that's something that we'll be doing after every weekend's set of games uh, as we record. Um, but once again... Uh, I think we're out of time here. I'm uh, Sean, and he was Chris. Uh, See you guys all next week. All right. Hang with the pack.